0: Today we face the monsters that are at our door, and bring the fight to them! Today we are cancelling the
1: apocalypse! Welcome to Canceling the Apocalypse, the Utopia podcast with Raff and Dom. That's us. That's still us, after all this! Yeah,
0: we continue to be us. Uh, we've been away for time, but really, what is time uh, in Utopia?
1: Also, has anyone noticed, has anyone, has anyone been on SoundCloud? Like, oi, hey,
0: what's,
1: where's the next what's app? Up?
0: Except, well, this is, um, I'm, we're, we're launching the website, technically, in the previous app, so.
1: Oh, you haven't, up- yeah, right, uh, that's. How much
0: time am I about the website yet, apart from, apart from The friends. people
1: who've already listened to it in order, and also your, I mean, you have to keep in mind, this is, when, when we're recording this, it is not the time that people are hearing it. Because of time?
0: Because of time. I'm, I, I struggle with time in the best of times. But...
1: Uh, well, this actually dovetails really nicely with uh, the two themes I wanted to talk about. Oh, two themes. Two pieces of media. That is a reductive way of talking about it. But one is uh, a good sort of like mm, utopian experiment. Uh, Kim Stanley Robinson's uh, The Years of Rice and Salt. Yeah. Uh, you can. Uh, it, I feel like a couple of those other books will get referenced in there. If you don't know Kim Stanley Robinson, where have you been? Uh, yeah, what
0: have you been doing? Why are you listening to this podcast?
1: we summarise Kim Stanley Robinson for the for the audience.
0: Kim Stanley Robinson, for those who are not aware, is a Californian science fiction writer. Um, it's
1: really important that he's Californian. It's
0: extremely important for him that he's Californian. Yeah. Um. He's a science fiction writer. He's been. Uh, he has uh, himself called himself, and other people have called him the last utopian. Uh, writer, basically. Um, he's been doing he's been doing it as a joke, but I think a lot of people have been very sincere about describing him as the last utopian. He's written... His big thing is the Mars trilogy, which was in the 90s, which is essentially humans land on Mars and try and create a better society with terraforming. Or without terraforming, Ugh. then there's a big revolution. He also did a big trilogy on California, uh, mm-hmm. because he's Californian, uh, where one of them was like, California is a horrific dystopia, California as, like, a kind of, like... Ecological... E- yeah. What's the middle one? And then... There's a middle one, and then there's, like, California as, like, a perfect utopia kind of yep. thing. So he's sort of, like... his all, all his books are just, like, poking at this, like, big concept of, like, how the world can be better from different directions. Yeah. So,
1: Years of Rice and Salt takes... Um, it's... Because I, I usually don't really like alternate histories, because they're usually just kind of clumsy, but it's probably... One of my favorite uh, I- examples of the experiment of the alternate history because years of rice and salt posits uh, two two key things. One, what if the Black Death just wiped out all of Europe huh. all of Europe? So in the opening couple of chapters, you have uh, a guy from the steppes a uh, 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 you know mountain warrior um, come across. You because know, they're they're making some they're poking out into Europe to see what they can invade, and they just realize that no one's there everyone's dead Fuck. it's just all corpses, starving animals and corpses jeez kim yeah, and so it he then spans over uh you know a thousand years um up to in our the, in the book in the book right up to our present day of uh the world without europe uh so essentially uh china and uh, it becomes known as Dar al-Islam uh, but you know the Islamic Empire and the Chinese Empire dominate but also like North America becomes like this huge important force um, yeah it's really interesting but it, it fascinating it follows through this thousand years because the characters are reincarnated ah. so you have these you know two three main characters but also kind of like six or eight depending on how you look at it um, getting reincarnated over and over. And so you see them not only in their lives, but you see them in the Bardo, which is the Tibetan concept of the afterlife where you basically have an argument with some gods or demons about what you should do next
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how sometimes they try to do better, but sometimes they don't do as well. And you know, they make all this progress and blah, blah, blah. But the idea is like the world is not perfect yet at the end of the book, yeah. but they are on the way to improvement. And, I really enjoy it Mm. as both like, because Kim Stanley Robinson himself has said that the novel is not a good project for a utopian because the novel is at its heart a bourgeois artwork, you know, and it's about a personal thing and it's about a, like a small social interaction and how can you look at the scope of history throughout the novel? And the way he's done that here is really clever. He has the Bardo and like, you know, in his other books, he gives these characters because it's sci-fi extremely long lifespans and, so so the novel is not a good thing because it is very hard to look at the scope of history through a novel. It doesn't happen in real time unless you're looking at bloody, you know, Finnegan's Wake or, or you know, stuff that is famously unreadable. Yeah. But this is very readable. Kim Stanley Robinson is eminently readable. Right. I, I really enjoy his books. Uh, so it's a very clever way to make people think about the scope of history and and... Uh, there's a, a a thing towards the end of the years of rice and salt where you have characters talk about the difference between comedy and tragedy, mm. and essentially, you know, on the personal level, history is often tragedy because it is a falling apart, but on a social level, the scope of history is comedy because it is a coming together. The, the reason I'm talking about the sense of play and and this large scope of time is, and and how time. Uh, a lived time is kind of, um, you, you can't, you can't, it's incommensurate with uh, the, the the utopian project because, you know, the, a human life is not enough time to change a society.
0: Yeah.
1: Ties really well to um, one of my favourite forms of art, the true Gesamtkunstwerk, pro-wrestling.
0: Finally, finally. Pro-wrestling. Dom gets to talk about pro-wrestling. pro-wrestling.
1: My one true love.
0: It really is your one true love. Pro wrestling.
1: Yeah. Every everything that I've ever done. It's like, been
0: working up.
1: Yeah. Being doing being a boxer when I was a teenager, going to heaps of opera when I was a child, uh, traveling internationally, getting my uh, lips split open, uh, getting my nose broken once and then reset so no one can tell. Um, Seriously. Mm, no one can tell. All uh, You know, all this stuff in my life has been really getting leading a me tooth to. Out? That wasn't connected. Don't tell people about put my tooth out. I'm ashamed and embarrassed, and there's a hole in my mouth.
0: There's a hole in Dom's mouth. I
1: had a wisdom tooth out, so I'm much dumber now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it really doesn't come across. Believe you me.
1: So pro wrestling is, I say, the Gazamkins work, and uh, you know, the kazamkunzwerk is, is, isn't in it of itself a very bourgeois concept of like here is an art form that contains all the forms of art. Mm. But wrestling is that, and also very much. For everyone,
0: wrestling is amazing. It it, it the requires. The only things I know about wrestling come from Dom, and I've learned so much.
1: Well, it it requires very little, like unlike a lot of other forms of art, very little literacy in and of itself. Like you don't, like you can get better at watching wrestling, and you can be like, ah, yes, that's the move that he's doing because his father did it, or is you know whatever, or or that costume harkens back to this previous wrestler who she really admires or whatever. But that isn't important. You could always follow the narrative of wrestling just by watching wrestling. You don't need to speak the same language. A lot of the wrestling I watch is not translated into English. It's in Spanish or Japanese. Um, The the three big wrestling countries are Mexico, Japan, and, of course, America. Uh, Sidebar. I hate WWE.
0: Dom doesn't even think WWE is really wrestling. Do you think WWE? It's very wrestling. It's extremely wrestling? It's
1: extremely wrestling is the thing. And there's a lot of good wrestling that comes out of it. But I hate the product as well, and I. I when I most watch it. Most of what it, you hate,
0: uh, and this, this may come as a surprise to those who know you, but most of what you hate about WWE is capitalism.
1: It's rampant capitalism, yeah. and the fact that it's. It's weird, this, because
0: otherwise you love capitalism. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only in wrestling that I dislike capitalism. You can't get
0: enough. Literally, by definition, you cannot get enough. I cannot get enough, or I will die. that's yeah. what capitalism
1: is. Wrestling is, or can be, utopian. How? Good question. And in what way does
0: this relate to Years of Rose and Salt, a version of history where Europe stops existing?
1: I mean... Because...
0: (laughs) I've almost answered my own question. In what way is Europe (laughs) non-existing in utopia? I mean... (laughs) God, goodness!
1: (laughs) Uh, But, no, it's... Wrestling creates a, a curious kind of fiction where things that aren't wrestling don't exist. Um,
0: Can you please tell me my favorite fact that you told me yesterday, last time about wrestling, um, about what wrestling calls the other kind of wrestling?
1: Yeah, so pro, pro wrestling, pro wrestling, which is the fake one, which is scripted, glittery outfits, ten-minute-long entrances. Pro wrestling calls like, you know, the one that's in the Olympics, the wrestling that's in the Olympics, the wrestling that you do that's an actual sport. Pro wrestling calls that one amateur wrestling.
0: I just really love that. It's just it made me very happy to yeah. know that about them anyway right so, so there's nothing outside of wrestling there's nothing wrestling.
1: outside of wrestling and the 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 struggles inside wrestling are are total and all encompassing and so you get to have these enormous and very successful victories of underdogs which wouldn't occur in the real world and you also get to create this universe where things are perfect you create in the wrestling fiction which is called kayfabe in kayfabe you can create a society where certain things don't matter um and this happens again i hate wwe but wrestlemania weekend was you know when we were recording this a week ago and there were two quite important firsts in that uh you know five or six hour long show which also included like dave batista and triple h hitting each other and that was boring
0: I can imagine that being very boring. Just
1: big sweaty dads. God.
0: No. no, Gross. But
1: it also included a fight uh, which ended up with the first... uh, Actually, sorry, no. Um, It was the first all-women main event. First time women had a headline at WWE. It was a triple threat, so three women facing each other. And a a woman that was a fan favourite won, and she's now double champion, and it's... a. Very wow. big deal, because there aren't, haven't been very many... I think she's the first double champion in the, of the women's wrestling. There have been double champions for men before. And so she's just, you know, significant dominant. But that was the main event. One of the other events was uh, uh, an African-American guy got the, the most important belt in the WWE. Uh, he's the second black man to get that belt. Uh, and it was... Look, racism isn't over in WWE or anywhere else, but in that moment when he's in the ring, successful, his two tag team partners, who are also African American, are there celebrating with him joyously. His two children, who are like young, like one of them is two, one of them is six come into the ring and are fearless and triumphant like you 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 get to believe for a second in this better future where these things are possible and and likely and beautiful um and accessible and 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 can be reached and millions of people watch this and there are all these recordings of like people in bars at their at their watching parties cheering his name um because it was so important uh and yeah,
0: that feels like a transformational moment. Exactly. It? Yeah, I was just thinking. I mean, you've talked about wrestling many times, and obviously, you talk sensibly about like wrestling and its fictions and its fictional worlds. And and it's only just struck me that the the ways in which wrestling is exactly like science fiction, specifically, not just any fiction, but specifically like science, science fiction. fiction. Yeah, because um, obviously, uh, so there's there's a um, science fiction theorist whose name is Darko Suben who's who's sort of like the 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 one who sort of explained how science fiction works in back in the 70s mm-hmm. through a marxist lens and it's this is now the sort of the big adopted concept of how science fiction works um how does it work rough um it's called cognitive estrangement so essentially in, yeah. in science fiction uh you've got a a thing a novum a new thing which mm-hmm. is which he takes from the work of Bertolt Brecht mm-hmm. another one of your favorites um if Bertl Brecht invented wrestling, you would be dead.
1: He kind of did because See? he has a whole thing about the the Lera stuck the the learning play where you have like a very clear moral that no one can misunderstand. No one can misunderstand the good guy and the bad guy in wrestling. Yeah, no, that's very true. And also, that's he had true. this whole thing about how what he really wanted for his players was to people for people to be able to like turn to each other and have a conversation during it to to critique what was occurring on stage as it occurred. Just and like, to, in, just like in wrestling. And to go outside afterwards and be like, what was that trying to tell us, God? Because huh. like, you don't get to do that in, in straight theatre. No. You don't get to do that in films, but... Y- if I, I, I have conversations during wrestling matches constantly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also, from, from having gone to plays with you, you also have conversations during plays with me. Yeah,
1: but people get mad at me. People
0: do get mad, and I never get mad, and, and I think they should stop getting mad. Yeah, anyway, so um, Darko Suvin uh, says science fiction contains a novum, which is like a new thing. So, for example, in, I don't know, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells, the novum is the, the time, time machine. machine. Um, because it's a thing that doesn't exist. It's a thing that moves that that reality away from our reality. Yes. Um, but it's not just so Darker Suvin hated fantasy, which a lot of science fiction theorists now are like, don't don't hate fantasy, this is dumb, this distinction is dumb. But as far as Darker Suvin was concerned, fantasy was essentially just like um elves running around with swords and it didn't have any like like new thing. Cultural Yeah. So like th- there were new things in there. But it was that, a it was were, a social
1: cultural uh, backwardsness to it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like it doesn't it doesn't move you forward in any way. But in mm. science fiction, the novum is is uh, it's connected to some kind of internal logic. So mm. in the time machine, that there, there's an internal logic that the time traveler kind of explains as mm. far as as far as he's able to how the time machine moves through time. And then we know that the time machine, when you press that lever, it will move forward through time. The longer the lever is pressed, the, you know, it works Probably. like any other machine. Yeah. Um, and so therefore science fiction is estranging as in it is a stranger from our world. It's, 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 it's different from our world, but it's also cognitively logical as in like, you can look at it and be like, here are the rules, here are the rules, the science fiction obeys rules. And what that allows us to do is it allows us to go, ah, yes, these, this world works like, like this with these rules and our world works like this with our rules. Why is, what, why don't we try and make our world like that world? And that's how you can get utopia in science fiction. Um,
1: and, and wrestling does do this. It
0: does exactly because this because it's
1: like here are here are your rules. The rules are very clear. The rules are very clear. The rules are made constantly <clears throat> obvious.
0: The Novoman the Noverman wrestling is is that the...
1: you can solve your problems through violence. Yeah,
0: basically you can solve your problems through punching people. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That um, that the, 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 there's been a couple of these incidences where. Except,
0: in, I mean, obviously. I understand that you're trying to be sarcastic there, but the, 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 but like it's you're so, you're not solving your own interpersonal problems with other people by hurting them. You're solving capital P problems. Yes. With with wrestling. Yes. There are there are there are issues. There are problems. There are dynamics that are out there in the world, and at the moment of of the ring, they come down to the wrestle. Yes. And then, so. And then after and then after each wrestling match, that problem is somehow changed.
1: Yes. So. Kofi winning the belt—that's the name of them. The, this, you know, Ghanaian-born American wrestler, Kofi winning the belt, having the belt around his waist, turning up to all these events with the belt on, has it's solved belt. racism. Of course, of course, of course. course. Yeah. it's a huge belt.
0: It's very it's massive belt, Yeah, and it's um, solved racism. Yeah, as far as as far as that internal world is concerned.
1: And similarly, um, in Japanese wrestling, I'll talk about the other thing that I talk about constantly is a lot the queer wrestling couple um the golden lovers so they've been called the golden lovers for you know 10 years um and it was kind of a joke but it's also definitely not a joke it's, like it's not a joke yeah they're very much in love and that's their narrative uh and uh a year and a half ago they had this thing where they had been separated for oh, plot reasons um but they got back <laughs> together and there, uh many people were very upset about this um
0: not for like not for homophobia, homophobia reasons, reasons for plot reasons for plot reasons yeah. for wrestling plot
1: reasons, yeah. Yeah. but they consistently succeeded against these challenges uh and proved that like queer romance is empowering and important and beautiful and and so on and so forth, and again, very much a transformative moment of not only is this tag team super you know good at sports and flip it and flips they are so also they are also uh, this exemplar of like. You know, wrestling hasn't had a lot of good moments with the gays. Uh, It's it's kind of famously bad at that. But uh, recently, in the last couple of years, there are more like out wrestlers, more openly queer wrestlers. And a lot of them still don't have like in-ring romances... And this was one of those. It was this in This is ring. funny,
0: right? This is, like, one of the best things I, that I enjoy about wrestling is that, like, you know, this is happening everywhere. Like, obviously, there is there is finally, about a million years too late, representation of, of queer people in various sports, in various fields, of people of colour, in places where there were just entirely absent people of colour. Um... Except that, obviously, you know, say in whatever whatever serious serious sports, such as, for example, amateur wrestling, if you have if you have a gay person, then it's just like you know, everyone's everyone's meant to just sort of treat them
1: the same as everyone exactly else. As yeah, same. in wrestling, you get to have a narrative about how in love with a dude
0: you are. Right, exactly. It's just it's very di- because it's so performative and it's so like, um, mm. it, it's very. I was think- emotional. thinking about it's emotional and it's based on identity in these like really interesting ways because mm. obviously each wrestler has their identity and that identity can can fluctuate and
1: their identity can be very close to their actual yeah. real life identity or it can be very different there are wrestlers who present as very um flamboyant and kind of queer who are in real life straight so this as like a very true thing as like you know these guys are actually a couple and also are performing as a couple seemed very important um, there's, you know, on the flip side of like not acknowledging at all, uh, one of those guys, uh, a Canadian wrestler Kenny Omega, uh, has started a new wrestling company, which is in in North America with his friends, who are also you know, uh, which we- is
0: a really good way to piss off the WWE. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and their wrestling company is called All Elite Wrestling, which sounds a bit of a shitty name, but they are really in
0: it's a first trap I know exactly what they're doing it's yeah. clearly a first trap it's
1: it's really intensely uh, inclusive so they have other openly queer wrestlers including the first uh, signed to a major label trans female wrestler um, like they have that they they have like oh we're, we're doing equal pay for men and women which apparently is not surprising no one yeah that's a, that's a big deal in wrestling uh, yeah. I don't know if they have health cover because America is broken but they also do have like um, they're, they're, they've they got two or three shows coming up and they're like we're going to have uh, sensory inclusion so for people on the autism spectrum we'll have a place for them to go and we'll have like that all the promos are going to be translated into sign language. like That's oh, so
0: genuinely remarkable.
1: Exactly. So this North American company... It shouldn't be,
0: but it is. So yeah, that's this, great.
1: It, it, this North American company is very intentionally being utopian and inclusive, yeah. and it comes from these dudes, these, these American wrestlers, American and Canadian, American wrestlers who have come from a background of, like, what if we made things better?
0: <laughs> I love this, right, because it's like uh, the there's a whole science fictional utopian element to wrestling Mm. itself. And then it's also now in this case being couched in because in like a utopian framework Mm. that kind of exceeds it and, and is very much a kind of, um, because obviously, right. We're talking about wrestling as this magical escapist space, right. The spectacle, Mm. um, where things can be different. Um, Mm. but then it's, it's quite it's quite hard to translate because you know because there's such a clear distinction between weirdly between the real and the not real of wrestling in the sense that you're well. But yeah, okay, I'll, I'll hit you up Because you're meant, to, you're meant to ignore the fact that the, the, the real exists, right? You're meant and to you're meant ignore to... the
1: fact that you know consciously that exactly, shit is scripted. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I, said, I mean, like, it doesn't really ruin your perception of wrestling, I think, if you don't ignore that. But that is sort of, that's the fiction within which wrestling works yes. as a form, yes. is that you're meant to ignore. Yeah. Um, which then I think means that you watch the wrestling and then you can go back to your life and the utopia can happen in the wrestling for you. And this is something we've been bringing up a couple of times throughout, Mm, mm. is that escapism Mm. is not the same as utopia as a lived utopia. But then what I think this, um, all elite elite wrestling?
1: All elite wrestling. All elite
0: wrestling is doing. And also I think some of the Japanese stuff that you've talked to me about is doing the structures around the wrestling are kind of bringing the, the worlds you can see in wrestling in a more real way into a, into a lived world Mm. where it can really start affecting the actual outside lives of people Mm. involved with the wrestling and who watch wrestling. I don't know if you. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: No, it's, um, one of the things I've found in, uh, a lot of wrestling audiences and like when I've been to live shows is how inclusive they are. Mm. No one is, um, you know, I've, I felt uncomfortable going to theatre sometimes because, like, I am not dressed well enough for this. No one is dressed too well or not well enough at a wrestling ring. Uh, Everybody is excited to be there, and, like, you can have an argument about, you know, oh, so and so sucks, or that is not how that should have ended, but I've never experienced the same kind of aggression that I see around uh, football culture in this country. You know, no one's going to be like, ah, Liverpool, fuck off. Uh, about David Starr or, or, or even, okay, maybe John Cena, but, um, maybe, maybe, but still, it's, it's, it, maybe it's just where I've been, the shows I've been to, and maybe it's like my experience as a white lady. Um, but I have found them like really welcoming and, uh, really positive and every wrestler I've ever talked to is super excited to, to meet. Whoever it is, uh, like you see, so nice. you see. Uh, there's a, a show I go to uh, about once a month. There's a, a wrestler called Rishi Ghosh, Prince of Mumbai. He's from Birmingham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he is brown, <laughs> but he's, Birmingham. he's from Birmingham. I love Birmingham. Good. Um, no, and, and good. his name
1: is Rishi Ghosh. and like he he wears like a, a leopard print leotard and like a. I'm delighted. He this. has a big thick accent. He's he's a, he's a clown. He's a fool. Yeah, but his biggest fan is uh, an eight-year-old blonde boy who comes every month, half the time dressed up like him. Aww. They wave to each other. There's lots of photos of them together. It's like, yeah, Ethan came to my show again. I, the kid's name isn't Ethan, I can't remember what it is. But okay. it's very inclusive and, and gives these examples of people who you wouldn't see in other conditions, who you wouldn't be able to like see in other places. One of the fucking WrestleMania weekend shows included... Uh, a man who has no legs, mm. uh, you know, a wheelchair user mm. who has no legs, I don't know if they were amputated or whether it was a, a birth condition, mm. but he won a match!
0: That's astonishing. Yeah. As in, it's not astonishing he won a match, it's astonishing he was there at all.
1: Well, yeah, this is it. Wrestling, like science fiction, pushes boundaries, Yeah, um, and you, you have to keep also, innovating. Also, leotards. leotards, like science fiction. Yes. Yeah, lots of, lots of skin yep.
0: skin-tight clothing.
1: And the reason I'm linking this to the years of rice and salt is because these changes are happening, not in lifetimes, but over the scope of wrestling. Wrestling, yes. professional wrestling has been around for as long as human history, like a scripted fight, always.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: But pro wrestling, sort of as we recognize it, about a hundred years, and it's always been scripted, and it's becoming increasingly, like, arcing towards uh equality and justice and you know trans wrestlers being signed and uh and 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 black guys holding up the belts while their 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 son fearlessly cheers in front of an audience of thousands of people
0: yeah
1: um so it is transformative in the same way that years of rice and salt is that it just gives you this concept of what things could be like and showing them as positive
0: and showing them over, yeah, over like a long span of time, which, mm. is, which is what is necessary f- to see society, social change. Yeah, showing yeah.
1: that work is necessary for change to occur yeah. and that work can be done.
0: And showing also, and this is of course the problem, you know, so like you look at a lot of um, utopian literature from essentially before the 1960s, 1950s, and um, it's, it's what we often call blueprint utopias, mm. you know? Uh, here 's the thing we should follow Here's, 's the thing we should follow here' here 's you know and it's they usually follow a very set pattern uh, traveler from our time or from from time of writers of of the writer writing
1: contemporary
0: time. contemporary time um, c- goes into the utopian world, ends up in the utopian world whether it 's time travel or a shipwreck or whatever um, and uh, is met by a kindly a kindly guide who mm. takes him around and mm. is like, look this is how we." Divide labour. Look at our trains. And the person is like, ah, yes, trains. And then they go back to their, <laughs> to their time.
1: Hold up a notepad that says trains.
0: trains. Yeah, and they're like, see? Trains. And then everyone, everyone in, in in the contemporary time is like, oh, yeah.
1: They just see the reason of the better way they're of doing exactly. things and than agree just, to and do, do start it. And
0: they working towards it, and it's magical. Um, and, of course, they, they were trying to write these books like novels, and... Because that's what they had. They had novels mm. to 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 base their writing on, and the way novels work is there's a protagonist, or, or multiple protagonists, yeah. and the protagonists have have things that occur to them. Perhaps over the course of like one family's life and times, whatever. But like things occur to the protagonists, and then that's it. And you've mm. learnt about the protagonists and the complex ways that they relate to their social conditions and mm. the world around them and so forth. Which does which which ends you up with a blueprint of a of a society. Mm. You know, with a protagonist in it, but. What Utopias, later Utopias did is they were like, Ah oh, yes, Utopia is a process, it can happen slowly, over many different ways, it can happen for different people in different ways, even if they're living in the same society, and yeah, it can happen over a long period of time. Mm. And and if you as soon as you get out of that kind of like novelistic mode, either through, you know, a a thousand year long history of the world without Europe or wrestling, then you can move into a An understanding of utopia or of of making worlds better, which is uh, process driven. Exactly. I do keep saying this every episode, but I'm going to keep saying it every episode until we start.
1: It's important. Uh, One of the things that I really liked about, um, specifically the Kofi Kingston victory, was that it was based not only on his teamwork with his tag team partners who, you know, they love each other, they're like family, and they've been family for a couple of years. It was also like former opponents of his... Uh, standing up and being like, no, we support you. No, uh, no, really. And specifically, former opponents of his that are not white. So there are these, the, the, this tag team who Tell are... Tell us about the tag team. The tag, so the, the, the opposing tag team, the Usos, uh, who are, I think, uh, Polynesian? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't watch very much WWE. That's <laughs> They're great though. They're super good and fun and like, you know, a little bit scary but also cool as heck. Mm. Uh, they have had like this ongoing battle with the New Day, who are all who are three black dudes who are really like fun and silly, and they dance around, and they're very good athletes. Like all of these people are very good athletes. That's Obviously, taken its read. Yeah, yeah. But the Usos are not funny. The Usos are not fun. They are loved. They have a yeah. huge fan following. But so does the New Day. And the New Day, like they come out with unicorn horns and and they throw pancakes into the audience, and so they are. Natural opposites, yeah, uh, yeah. like a- aesthetically and ideologically, in the world of wrestling. And at the end of this, like huge gauntlet match, where the members of the New Day had had to fight all these other people for the opportunity for Kofi Kingston to be at WrestleMania, for their friend and partner wow. to to get this belt, they had to fight all these oh, other so they guys. They won
0: WrestleMania together It was just him. Just him. Right.
1: Um, and then the Usos come out at the end of this gauntlet, and they're meant to be the final match, and they're so scary. They're like, hey, we respect you. We forfeit. Seriously? Yeah. That's beautiful. Again, solidarity.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so the New Day's um, tagline is, what is it?
1: The power of positivity.
0: The power of positivity.
1: It's a new day, yes it is! Like, that's their entrance music.
0: So, what I wanted to know about Years of Rice and Salt uh, Mm. was, so... You mentioned something that happens in America. What happens in America? Presumably, white people never get there, right? White
1: people never get there, but uh, other people do. So, first, you have like a boat full of uh, Chinese explorers get there and accidentally give them some diseases, and that, um, you know, kills off part of the population. Um, But also, like a, a, a Japanese ronin gets there and is like, hey, you know that thing over there, Asia? you guys need to, like, organize into a nation instead of a whole bunch of little tribes. Um, and... Huh? because Because China is coming for you and you need to be able to fight it. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: and, and he, this, you know, Japanese character, is one of the reincarnated
0: souls. Sure, sure, sure.
1: Uh, and, yeah, they do. They, so it, it turns into the Hodonasoni the nation um, full of, like, uh, yeah, hardcore, extremely good... Uh, warriors who everyone is impressed by and kind of intimidated by
0: it's really interesting and they
1: they become this really important um political power and it's i think it's called like the the new world so it's like the old world is you know asia
0: yeah
1: um and and africa and then the new world
0: is is, is the new world what what happens so there's no industrial revolution
1: no, there is Industrial Revolution, but it's very it comes from a different place. It yeah, comes from the Middle East, essentially. Yeah. Um I don't think he ever really talks about coal and oil. Like I assume it occurs. Like there's there's not so much cars. There are definitely like lots of public and mass transit and obviously boats are super important because China. Um but what does happen towards the end of the book is uh, the, the Long War. It's a 60 year massive war. It's a battle between the Chinese Empire and the Islamic Empire, mm-hmm. uh, which is extremely destructive and, you know, billions of people die. And during that time, or, or, or perhaps immediately afterwards, someone does discover the, or like a group of people discover the technology for nuclear weaponry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they agree
0: it's to. Kind of inevitable.
1: Well, they agree to disseminate it, and that way, if everyone has it, no one will use it. Yeah. And by the end of the book, no one has. But yes, this thing of, like, we we are on Earth. um, I don't think space travel really occurs in the book at all. Mm. Um, We are on Earth, and we're going to take care of Earth. And you have these characters be like, I think, like, a lot of animals got extincted during the 60-year war that he he posits. Mm. And it's like, how can we make it so no more animals die? How are we going to maintain our population of however billion on Earth? Yeah. And so he ends the book with questions and with learning and with progress and, and the process of development. And I hate to, I hate to talk about wrestling more, but Please that's all do. I do. Uh, every, every, the end of every fight has the promise of another one.
0: I was about to just about to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And this is key to wrestling. This is this is part of the, the mechanism of wrestling it is never that there ends. will always be another fight. And that is that is one of the best things. Mm. I think. And it's 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 really the thing that because it, it is like a process, mm. it's a machine mm. that we started and now it will never get smaller. It will only ever really get get bigger, get bigger yeah. and more interesting. And more complex. And more complex. And I find, that, I find that really intriguing. But also, crucially, it will never get so complex that it will start alienating people. It can't I, because it needs people there. Like It, it, it needs people there. This, we're, we're beginning to sound like a Terry Pratchett novel.
1: It exists. <laughs> it exists to make people interested in it. Yeah. And if it doesn't have bums in seats, it doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely. You can't yeah. be really personal and internal the way you can be in a novel. And sometimes even in a film with wrestling, You ha- you have the audience there and if they don't like it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God, you know. And I, I mean, I guess we'll see what goes on with... Um, Kofi Kingston. No, the new wrestling company. Oh, All Elite Wrestling. Because um,
1: they haven't actually put a show on yet. No, they're just right? They've just talked about their oh, the, shows. And the shows look the great. The shows look
0: great. And I'm sure they're going to be hugely popular. And um, God,
1: you, I hope so, because they have equal pay for baby women. They have Eddie equal Wimpy. pay.
0: It's almost like, oh, my God. I will be interested... Uh, it's like, very rarely do you get a Monopoly not becoming a monopoly anymore. In mm. fact, it basically just doesn't happen. It's one of the things that, that gets ensured by capitalism is, is the monopolies becoming only ever more monopolistic, I it's, guess. It's
1: also interesting that two of the guys in all Elite wrestling, you know, Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega was in the, the developmental program and left because he was like, I don't like the training method. I don't like the fact that they're not going to let me tell the stories I want to do. Mm. The other guy, Cody Rhodes his father was part of WCW, was a big part of WCW. And then when it got bought, went to WWE, worked for WWE, was really famous in WWE, still really famous. People talk about him all the time because he was so well loved. He was a trainer for WWE. So there's a whole generation of WWE wrestlers trained by this guy's dad. And he worked at WWE for years and was like, you guys aren't doing very much for me. I'm going to leave. So... They came from the Monopoly.
0: Yeah, and then left and... And, and um, left
1: and started their own thing. Which is great. They walked away.
0: They walked away. Uh, hey! You can come
1: outside the system, guys!
0: There is definitely an outside of the system, and it's only getting better. There's okay. life
1: outside the train.
0: So, you brought us two... To, to, yeah. Uh, what are we going to call them? Franchises. Te- two, texts. Two texts.
1: One that is uh, a novel, and one that is the opposite of a novel. <laughs>
0: But is, in many ways, novel. Because it is... Oh, it is novel. A novum. Very clever. Thank you.
1: So, in terms of lived utopia, by dint of, like, allowing people to make their own wrestling companies that have, like, better support for mental health and shit, wrestling is a little bit higher than any novel of of many texts, because Hollywood isn't going to allow it Allow people to go out. Well, no, this is
0: one thing's we don't really talk about, which is like the the form of wrestling is well. No, actually, you did talk about it. the form of wrestling is extremely open and encouraging and and, and brings in people. The form of the novel is just, oh. even even if it's a magical science fiction novel, that's the most utopian thing ever. Is is obviously more narrow. Yeah. You know.
1: I mean, but also, uh, no one has literally died in the production of Years of Rice and Salt. <laughs>
0: As far as we are aware...
1: People do get injured in wrestling and and people do pass away, you know, earlier than they probably would have if they hadn't spent their lives hurting themselves for other people's uh, edification. Okay. So, on our scale, which isn't a scale, scaling is bad. Uh, Years of Rice and Salt. our Matrix. Years of Rice and Salt definitely comes above, like, a lot of the other stuff we've looked at. It's a better utopian project than Walkaways, I think, because it treats it as a process rather than an end goal.
0: Yeah. Um... Absolutely, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to falter in in that either. You know.
1: Again, wrestling loses points for how super racist and sexist and homophobic it is and has been for a long time. But and it of course, is...
0: how you know it promotes like like uh, violence, the, the excellence of violence, and and, and also um, like the a, ability to punch people as and, like... and and
1: a physical form that's exactly, not realistic. Yeah, of course. And. But it uh, has given me more. It rectifies bodies. Yeah. It rectifies bodies and and, and 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 gender and and is very messy in that way. But also, it has. It provides all of these like really interesting transformational moments uh, and deeply emotionally engaging uh, situations that <sighs> very few other things can. Like Not only do, does one person cry when reading Years of Rice and Salt, an entire arena will cry yeah. because a man has held up a shitty glittery belt.
0: I think, um, essentially, and in fact, um, I think what we can draw from this is that The perfect Kim Stanley Robinson novel, with its expansive, generous humanism, is gonna is gonna have wrestling in it.
1: Kim, call us.
0: Kim, we're here. All right. Stan. Stan.
1: I've got ideas.
0: Yeah, we're gonna tell you about wrestling.